What will you do to unlock innovation? In today's fast-paced world, innovation might not be enough. Tomorrow's pioneers of change will need to be agile, able to adapt, and committed like never before. Your host, Santa Vending, invites you to listen in and join business leaders from around the world as they share their visions for success in our future business challenges. Welcome to Mind Innovation. I'm your host, Sana Vending. I'm always excited to learn. And in today's podcast, we'll talk about speed to market and how to succeed with lean, agile, and product development. I want to welcome Steve Stuckey. He has 30 years of product development experience in the industry of industrial manufacturing and also in medical devices. He's known for improving product development performance, driving organic growth, and building highly effective teams. He's an Agile Lean product development coach, and he's also the president of the Minneapolis chapter PDMA. Welcome, Steve. I'm so happy that you're on my podcast today. Thank you, Santa. I really appreciate being here today. It's a, it's a real pleasure. Thank you. So um, let's let's jump into it. So, so tell me about your passion for the, the Lean Agile mind, mindset. What's, what's been your journey? Yes, thank you. It's, it's been a great journey. It's been, in many ways, uh, the um, second education that I went through when I, when I jumped into learning lean as a, as a practitioner in, um, in my industrial manufacturing days and uh, seeing what it can do in an organization when it's applied um, really as a, as a strategic initiative to improve performance. So um, watched uh, and led uh, the lean implementation in our transactions from order to ship. Um, so having of our, of our time to, that it took to be able to serve customers, improving performance, um, really saw that you know, focusing on continuous improvement led to um, a much better way that the business could serve customers and um, more you know, engaged and, uh, and enthusiastic employees. Applied that to product development and saw how we could shrink cycle times from you know idea to launch, just like we were shrinking delivery times from order to ship uh, through continuous improvement and um, ways to think about how you can improve the way that work is done. So, um, been a student, been a practitioner, um, and um, and have a, and a have a, a real passion for figuring out ways to improve work through lean methods. We have the same passion here. So, mm -hmm. so tell me, why, why should organization consider adapting agile lean practices in, in product development? What's, 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 the, what's behind it? Yeah, thank you. I think the, you know, a lot of times when we think about lean and agile and product development, first of all, lean doesn't really connect for, to a lot of people about product development because it's really kind of an operations thing. Um, but yes, it is, you know, that's where it started, but it's been um, migrating toward product development through lean office and then into product development over a number of years. And the methodology is the same sort of principles, but just applied differently uh, for, for product development. The bottom line is for, for product development, when you think about agile and lean practices, it's about better products faster. It's about ways that you can understand how to improve the performance of teams, um, how you can improve the way that uh, teams are really focused on what's important for the business. And at the end of the day, build sustainable, profitable growth for the business through um, better product development. The elimination of waste, there's a lot of waste in most businesses' product development practices. And it's about focusing on how to make sure that teams uh, can deliver what's important for the business in a, in a uh, shorter cycle time than they're able to do today. Yeah, so, so when you go out and, and, and help companies, um, do you have like, 
success stories that you share first or, or how do you go in and do assessment to to get them to open their eyes uh, and 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 lean in on it how do yeah. you how do you how do you start that approach so we have a i have an assessment that um that we that we can go in and um, first of all it's, it's it starts with an understanding that there's an opportunity for improvement from the leadership team and um and a desire to do so and the assessment really looks at all the different success factors of product development and we can from there decide what the most important areas of focus would be for improvement yeah and, I, and this assessment came out of my own experience and um and and learning from others about how um it's important to really focus on um the ways that you can improve product development one of the industrial businesses that i i was at we uh, came in with um, an opportunity to improve speed to market, and over a three-year period, we improved it by an average of thirty percent. So there's um, and and some projects were 50 60 percent faster. So it's really um, an opportunity to be able to think about a kind of a holistic way uh, to take a lean and an agile mindset to product development to improve performance. Yeah. So just another, I'm, I'm curious about here. So when you go in, is it mostly developing and teaching the new methods or do you also go in and review the, the, the tools like a software tools, how they actually communicate? Do you, is it both assessment on both or is it mostly on the methodology? Uh, it's, it's actually, it's both. So it's a process of taking a look at what, what tools and processes are in place. But it's also changing, um, thinking about ways to improve the, the way that work is done. Yeah. So when I think about lean and agile applied to product development, I really think about a, a holistic approach that's really laid out in, say, three layers. Um, the process layer itself, which is the work that you do in product development. And there's, in many businesses, um, a lot of waste in the process itself. So it's finding, like with Kaizen type events, ways to eliminate waste and um, and waiting time in the product development process, but it shouldn't stop there. Um, once the, the, the process focus is in place, then it's also about the practice layer, which is about how teams work together. And this is where Agile comes into play. This is where um, acceleration events can be done, which is like Kaizen type events, but for product development teams to um, get a large amount of work done in a short period of time. Um, it's about the ways that teams can be a lot more efficient and effective working together using agile practices. And, and then another layer, so the process, the practice, another layer is what I call pipeline management. And that's where the management of uh, the product development pipeline, what you're deciding to develop is managed for the most effective way for cross-functional teams to work together. And what I mean by that is um, in a lot of cases, it's not really clear if you're at a team level what your priorities might be. It may be that one function might have one set of priorities and another function might have another and you have, you have challenges at the boundary between functions to what you work on. So yeah. pipe, effective pipeline management is a top-down approach to ranking of projects and making sure that the whole organization knows what they should be working on in an effective way. But it's also... Um, Understanding what your capacity is in the organization, it's, it's my experience that, that many companies don't know how much they overwhelm development yeah. with too many projects all at once, too many pro cars on the highway is what it's called, yeah. right? 
And um, that leads to a lot of uh, a lot of time that's spent in non-value-added activity for developers. Yeah. So a lot of focus around this pipeline management area can improve speed of project really effectively. It's about making tough decisions about where what you can and what you can't do on an ongoing basis. Yeah, yeah, and be honest about it, right? I mm -hmm. think the one where you're saying if you have too many projects going on, just the time it takes for you to sit down and concentrate on it. If you have too many. Uh, and going in and out of them all the time, you, it's just, it's, it's not giving you the benefit. It's, it's better to, to have fewer and then you can actually have them as batches, right? And then you absolutely, can Absolutely, it. I'll give you an example yeah. of that. So there's been, it's anecdotal, but it's somewhere between say five and 10% of a developer's day is spent in just being on a team. So that's just overhead yeah. associated with being on a team, team meetings, um, the, you know, the, the hallway conversations that we used to have, you know, pre-COVID, those types of things, <laughs> writing reports, being, being a team member itself is an overhead. So if you have really key developers um, in your organization and they're on five, six projects, you may be taking half of their day, 50% of their day up in, in non-value added but required time or what's called enabling time. What you want to do is, is to think about from a lean perspective that all work falls into three buckets. You know, there's value add, there's non-value add, um, but required time, then there's pure waste. And it's been my experience that there's a lot of time in people's day that is spent in the, in the two buckets other than value add. Yeah. So what lean product development tries to do through pipeline management is by focusing people's efforts and what's most important and taking a number of pro too many projects off their plate is to make sure that that value add percentage in people's day goes up as much as possible. Yeah, so that that touches a little bit on behaviors as well. How do you how do you coach a team? Because if if you're saying, hey, the value added, that that's where we want to have you to to spend most of your time. Um, you still have a little bit of your email being on the team, right? You, you can't just take that out. That's still there. Mm -hmm. But how do you with the behaviors? How do you go in and tell them to say if it suddenly some, something comes up? That they can flag it and saying, "Hey, do I really need to work on this?" Or you know what I'm seeing on on the the strategy or what's what I need to based on prioritization. This is my focus, because just not touching it is is not good for an organization either. But it's good for the organization to have somebody just if you're saying you're flagging it, um, and then you you get aligned as a team, and then you you work in the right direction. Right. Yeah, that's really important. So one of the I think. One of the ways to do that is with this um, pipeline management area is to publish a four strength list of projects so people know across the organization where they should be spending their time first. And what you want to do is have people try to do as much as possible to eliminate bad multitasking. What I mean by that is what you want to do is communicate that you want to work down the priority list in, in a way that says, Okay, I can do all the work done on this project as possible and then move to the next and then move to the next. And, you know, yeah. that's a little counterintuitive because most people want to be really good team members and they'll want to put time into every project every day. But you can actually, it's, um, it's really proven that if you just, if you allow for focus and do all the work on the top priority projects first and yeah. then move to the next and the next, um, you'll, it'll increase the flow of project work through your development pipeline. Uh, really significantly. 
what happens yeah. in many people's day is all the interruptions, right? And yeah, you need to give people the authority to say, <laughs> Close down the email you know, box, right? I've got this other thing I need to get done as my yeah. priority because it's yeah. the organizational focus. Yeah. And if you, and that's a cultural thing, yeah. Um, yeah. but can be really helpful if put in place to eliminate the distractions and to allow people to focus. Yeah. There's, there's, another, there's another really great trick that I like to do as well, or, or tool to put in place. And that's what's called project time. And it's basically giving teams uh, focused, dedicated time uh, multiple times per day, uh, per week, or for a set time during, um, during the day when they're on, say, multiple projects. But that's the time that they're going to focus as a team and eliminate all other distractions. It really helps to increase focus and, and throughput. Okay, yeah. So that, that's, that's really good, yeah, to, to the focus and also just close down that email box, right? So you don't get either the little ping saying something came in. You need, don't need that, to jump on it. So, but, that's one but of the rules within project time is you're not looking at yeah. your emails. You're focusing really on email. your project yeah. and your team. Don't, don't get distracted. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, okay, so, so this is touching a little bit on skills, right? And I, I think you can say skills is the new currency. Uh, and that's something I've been talking on, on, on the other podcasts as well on the episodes. Um, and and I, how I see it, it, it is the fuel. To keep up with skills, um, it is the fuel for, for innovation. And, and the world is changing. We can see it now and how much have changed over the last year that suddenly we had to, to learn not to be in the same room. We had to collaborate being um being working with you know from distance or working remotely so so that that has changed the way we're working um so so how do you see right now with companies how do they how do they making sure that they are keeping up with with new skills and and how do they measure it and and what's what's the impact for, for the company yeah no, so i agree with that that you know skills are the currency for improving performance and and for individuals as well, right? I mean, that's the currency yeah. that they have, um, you know, to be able to sell, um, to be able to offer to businesses. Yeah. So, you know, in my mind, I think that, um, you know, skills and improving how the organization works from a product development standpoint starts from, you know, um, a leadership team who wants and desires to put improvements in place. And if you, if you um, start from that standpoint, then I think businesses um, can think about ways that they can put in place the, the, the skill sets that are going to help teams be better. So agile practices, for instance, right? I mean, it's just, it's the way projects are run now. If um, companies are doing product development using pure waterfall, um, I would say that mostly there's a lot of waste in that. So building skill sets, say, in how agile can really improve um, the, you know, to be implemented in a, in a project team perspective is really important. Um, but, you know, from an individual standpoint, I think that you just need to be curious. You need to think about, well, how, how am I, you know, thinking about how to improve what I do every day? And, um, you know, and you can learn and read and uh, yeah. Join podcasts and you know yeah. um, you know um, participate in industry associations. Um, there um, you know network. There's all sorts of ways that uh, learning and um, uh, and education and skills can be um, adopted uh, throughout a career. Yeah, oh, that's 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 some good insight there. Um, back to to let's talk about more like agile and, and lean and and the framework around it. Um, and I'm, I'm, this is how, how can you scale it? 
um, what's what's the best practice, you know, when you want to achieve sustainability, uh, and then when it's touching, you know, speed to market and the sustainable growth. How how do you scale it? Yeah. So I think starting from, you know, with any kind of change, I, when I think of change management, um, which is what this really is at its core, um, it's I think of change management as sort of you know three layers. So the the first one is an, you know, an awareness that there's a, an opportunity to do things better. And so a broad scale awareness for people that so we're going to be able to you know, improve how say product development is done with this goal of say being you know, 30, 40, 50% faster in product development and serving customers with better products. Then you know, it's teaching people who are gonna be leading that change the, at the next level down, the, the tools and the methods and, and the methodology such as agile and and putting in place this process, practice, pipeline, say approach. But then third layer that is coaching is that, you know, people can learn a new method. They can understand something is there for them to do differently, but to actually sustain change, it, you need ongoing coaching for people to be able to adopt and to change their way of doing work. Yeah. And so I think that change management is sort of, is that sort of framework, but um, my from my experience, the way to make change sustained and to happen in an organization is to provide um, focus around um, small improvements that can be done early. Say in product development, uh, pick a few project teams that you want to really focus support on and coach to be able to improve their performance. Show through that effort some separation in how they do their work and, their, and the outcome. Right? So if they're that much faster to market with better products, as an example, it helps build and sustain momentum towards the yeah. change. So um, I like to do it that way to, um, to start piloting, to build over momentum over time and build advocacy by showing separation in the way that projects can be run um, using lean and agile methods. Okay. So, so when you're framing it, right, and you're saying it's sustainable improvements and you make the processes, um, how do you make sure that when you align and you're saying this is the most efficient way and the best way to, to get the process, or to get it, get it through the process, how do you, you write it down, right, and the team agrees on it, you put it saying this is our, this is what we follow this. Um, how many times do you go back and revisit to say, hey, are we still following it? Is it still the best way? The whole reflection on going back to making sure that the process or the method you're using is still um, is still best in class. Yeah, no, that's a core part of continuous improvement. So um, it, it's going back and uh, course correcting and, and doing the evaluation of whether you feel like you're on the right path or the priorities are the right ones. Yeah. So, and I think another another important area for um, sustaining gains in and and doing a change is identifying what's important to measure. Yeah. Right. So, what I like to do is to pick. Well, what are the most important metrics for product development success? So, do we have the right products hitting the market? Uh, we've seen revenue and profitability growth from new products. Um, how do those products compare to say business cases that were put together during development? Were they were there large misses? And so that's a reflection on, well, how do we improve that? Yeah. Um, I also like to measure time to market for 
which is um, a little bit of a challenge for product development because the projects are very different, but you can establish baselines for project ca uh, classifications and um, measure product development time against those baselines for how long it took in the past to, to get projects of similar scope and scale through product development. And that's a motivating factor as well when you can show that your revenue, that your uh, time to market is, is improved with good products. And lastly, okay. there's a great metric, which I think really speaks to top level management and that's called the vitality rate. Yeah. And the vitality rate is measured, you know, it can be measured really after the fact, but it's, um, it's about, well, what percentage of revenue in any given year is from products that we consider to be new? And so, and that depends on the product life cycle, but say on average, say any new product might be three years old or, or, or newer. Yeah. And if you're starting this journey and you're in the, say, the teens for new products, you've got an opportunity to really improve that vitality. It's a vitality or the health of the new product development process is what it's measuring. It's a great metric. Yeah, I've seen that be a CEO metric at large industrial manufacturing companies measured quarterly. And it became a, a driving factor for how we you know, work to improve product development overall. Okay. Um, so in terms of, of learning and creativity, what's, what's the most important thing you can do in your space right now? I think stay curious. I think, um, you know, like I mentioned, read, um, join industry associations. I think, you know, um, again, listen to podcasts or it is a good way, it's a good way to be able to <laughs> um, understand, uh, you know, in the, you know, latest thinking. Yeah, but I think that that's one of the, the key areas is to stay stay curious and know that you know that that there's a, a real opportunity to be able to improve your own skills. I agree. Yeah, no matter where uh, you are. Yeah, yeah, and and be open minded and saying keep learning. That's that's what I'm saying. It's similar to staying curious, right? Keep keep learning because what you don't know today. Oh, we didn't know yesterday, right? You know that today. So that, that's just, it will, it will grow. It's actually, should, you know, learn, it should be humbling because as you learn more, you realize what you didn't know as you, as you <laughs> learn, right? So yeah, um, yeah. being, being yeah. curious and being a lifelong learner, I think that just serves yeah. people in general. Yeah, yeah. And that takes you to the next one, right? Because what would you tell yourself like 10 years ago? Um, 10 years ago. So I think 10 years ago, I probably would have, um, decided that I would want to consult and help companies based on what I'd learned about improving product development results sooner. So I started consulting about seven years ago. Yeah. And I, I help companies do that now full-time. Um, I did it part-time for a number of years. Now I do it full-time. But I think 10 years ago, I had the itch and I, um, I think I probably would have decided to start back then because um, it's a lot of fun being able to help companies do better. Yeah. But what are some of the learnings then when, you know, if you had started earlier? So now if you're just saying you had it for the last seven years, what, what are some mm -hmm. of the learnings now that you're like, oh, I should have done that when I started? Hmm. Well, um, I, you know, I think that the, um, the application of, of lean and, and agile to, to product development 10 years ago wasn't as well thought through as it is now. Okay. And so, you know, I think going back and, and um, thinking about being, you know, um, helping think about how to implement 
improvements to product development using lean as a driving force back um, yeah. back then would have been um, something I would have liked to have done. Yeah. What about, so if, if I mentioned lean, even if it's to coworkers, if it's to friends, they're like, oh, this Toyota, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then you, if you say agile, they're like, oh, you know, that, but isn't that more software? Um, so what should we call it? Um, because there's, there's, there's some resistant when you say lean mm -hmm. and they're like, oh, that's in the manufacturing. And you're like, no, this is the product mm -hmm. development. So yeah. how's the, how do you, what do you name it? Is that why you're saying lean agile to soften? Yeah, that's end? why I use lean agile because uh, you're right. Lean has a connotation of it's about cost reduction and it's an operations thing. Um, I had the, I think, really great fortune in my career of leading an office a lean office transformation where it was all about improving the business to serve customers better and about growth. It wasn't about cost reduction. It never was. So it was about yeah. improving the way that the business could serve customers. We, we cut our cycle time from um, order to ship in half wow. by focusing through Kaizen events, um, how to improve the way that work was done in the office. And then, yeah. you know, use the same principles and methodology to improve um, product development performance, right? To yeah. shrink cycle time from order or from idea to launch. But um, so I think that's uh, what I tend to think about is that, you know, lean, yes, it is, a, it is an operational thing, but it's more broad than that. It is a way to think about how to improve performance of a business. It's a mindset about yeah. um, improving performance of the business to get more focus on what's important to find and eliminate waste, yes, um, but to serve customers better and to yeah. grow your grow your business through it. And when I think of agile, I think of agile as a methodology for how to have teams work more effectively together. And it's about the way that teams can um, really collaborate and um, and and be uh, responsive to each other um, in a, in a in a way that eliminates um, a lot of the sort of back and forth and waste that's in that's involved with work. I like that. Yeah. 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 I know it's the, yeah, mixing it or not mixing it, but call it the, the lean agile um, is, is a much better way um, mm -hmm. and then get away for the, for the cost reduction. Right. Thank you. Thank you so much for being on my podcast today. It was really insightful. Thank you. Well, Santa, it's a real pleasure. I appreciate the opportunity to be able to speak with you today. So thank you. If you enjoyed this podcast, and if you like to hear more, please subscribe wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Until then, stay curious and keep learning.